Hello everybody and welcome to Blah Blah with Burrito. I am Burrito and I'm glad to have you guys along today. Um, I am today with Brian Millan. We are in Guadalajara, Mexico at Parque Metropolitanian. <laughs> That's really hard for me. Can you say that for me, Brian? Parque Metropolitano. Thank you. Parque Metropolitano. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> So, Brian, tell us a little bit about who you are. Howdy, everyone. (laughs) I am Brian. Um, I was raised in Houston, Texas. Um, And I've been living in Guadalajara for about... I'm going to... I'm going on three years in, like, four months. So, that's exciting. Life here has been pretty great. Um, it was a drastic change, but so far I'm loving it. Um, what else? What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh my god, my favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla. Vanilla, okay, vanilla. got it. And chocolate mint. Got it, period. Period. <laughs> With five T's. Excellent, okay. So today, like I mentioned at the uh, opening of the episode, we're going to be talking about kind of just the resilient uh, nature of human beings and how creativity ties into that resilience. So Brian, uh, tell us kind of a little bit about um, your experience, um, how you express creativity, as well as uh, your experience of being resilient through um, what has so far been your life. Yeah, for sure. So I started really getting in touch with like my creative side when I was in high school Um, I'm going to say it all started my freshman year so I used to be this like really extremely introverted person very reserved Um, I had this terrible social anxiety back in the day where I would literally start to shake if someone talked to me (laughs) it was so horrible i had no friends in high school but um when i was a freshman i had so many ongoing problems let's say at home um pressure from my parents then their school um worrying about grades um so i was struggling terribly freshman year of high school pretty sure everyone um, can relate I think we all have to start off somewhere um, to find our anchors throughout those four years of our lives so my anchor was creative writing I wasn't fully into creative writing however I one day bought a journal um, and this really awesome black ink pen and my English teacher had let us know that we were or that there was going to be a poetry slam um, with like four English classes and she had asked us if we wanted to submit something or if we or if there were any volunteers in the class to present something and honestly at the time that is something I I felt like I was not able to do because I was scared of crowds. 
like it was only four classes but that meant that there was going to be about let's say 50 60 people in a room listening to something that you're really you know passionate about or you're allowing them to see what's on your mind or what's in your heart and so i found that to be really scary um but i challenged myself that day because i knew i wanted to improve i knew that that wasn't something i wanted to hold on to like being socially awkward and shy all the time so i challenged myself and i submitted my poem and i had a another english teacher review it and she was the one that encouraged me to submit it and to perform it um, in front of all these people and i did and my voice trembled and my hands were shaking and i made eye contact with people that i knew from middle school and my topic was about anxiety it was about anxiety and it was really really deep honestly um but as i made eye contact with all these people i started to feel more comfortable because i could see that they could somehow relate to at least one sentence or um, a few words that were in there I could see it and at the end when they all applauded I found an anchor that I was able to use to hold on to for those following years um, and from there on I continued to just write random thoughts um, describing things around me in a very flowy way so from there on there were times where I took a pause with my creative writing. Um, sometimes it could be days, weeks, maybe a few months, but I would always go back to it. I would always pick, pick it back up, um, which I'm very happy yeah. to say. So um, taking that into junior year, um, junior year was one of my toughest years, or it was actually a, a stage in my life where I had struggled the most. Um, due to my dad being in a detention center because he was being processed for deportation. Um, so I was really struggling. My family was struggling. Um, I went back to creative writing as my anchor and as my outlet to express myself. And that honestly helped me a lot because I was able to put my, my thoughts into words or whatever I had deep in my bones that I felt had to be said, I said it, I wrote it, and I shared it with a few people. Um, I think that that was a really big accomplishment for me to be able to share um, because it was a huge improvement from when I first started to where I was junior year. And that helped me cope with everything that was going on around me. I wasn't feeling so anxious. I wasn't feeling so unprepared um, by writing down my thoughts and doing creative writing I was able to find solutions to a few of those problems uh, from when I started and when I had all those issues to let's say the issues that I have now and um, where I'm at right now with my creative writing I now know how to channel let's say that worry that let's say anxiety that um, scaredness of the unknown into writing to comfort me. Mm -hmm. I comfort myself with words, mm -hmm. and I like it. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. It's like, it's like a 
like a coat mm -hmm. on a cold day. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about, uh, about for example, you mentioned a couple of struggles growing up and one of those was being your dad um, being processed for deportation. Can you tell me a little bit about the emotional side of that? Like what were you, what were you feeling? What did you um, feel like you were going through there? I was feeling really overwhelmed. Um, I had to help out a lot around the house with my siblings. Um, and so it was tiring because you had school and then after school you have these responsibilities that mm -hmm. let's say someone at your age at this point in time you shouldn't be having mm -hmm. right you should be focused let's say you should be focused in school mm -hmm. extracurricular activities yeah. joining after school clubs um working but for me that was the complete opposite i it was really overwhelming and stressful because um while I was living there also undocumented, it was like, I can't even get a job to help yeah. out with what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt like my hands were tied 24 mm seven -hmm. and they were very excruciating months where I would struggle to sleep because I would worry about what would happen, how we would live, um, what life would be like once the day came mm -hmm. where he was deported and I had to move to Mexico mm. so um, it felt like a ticking time bomb yeah I would go to school see my friends but despite being happy seeing them deep down I always felt really sad because I knew that I was gonna have to leave them mm -hmm. and that we would have to go our separate ways in life mm -hmm. and that made me so sad um, but I'm also kind of grateful for that because mm -hmm. I was able to enjoy really small bittersweet moments with them mm -hmm. I would try to seize the day yeah go out on miniature adventures so something that's always intrigued me um, with uh, my my friends who have stories of being um, whether it be being undocumented in the United States or having been repatriated into Mexico, etc. But people who have studied and grown up in the United States is, I imagine, I look at my upbringing and I look at the struggles that I have, um, which weren't related to uh, immigratory status or to uh, anything regarding immigration. However, it was hard as hell. You know, like you um, were both um, sexual minorities and that were both homosexuals. And that, that comes along with its own, you know, its own batch of struggles. Yeah. And just being a human being in general comes along with its own batch of struggles. And so when I think about um, the, the additional batch of struggles basically that comes along with uh, your situation where you are studying, trying to do your best, and um, trying to plan your future basically. Mm -hmm. And having that big question mark there of what will my, where will my future be primarily? And then not to mention what will my future be? And so can you tell us a little bit about uh, what that process for you was like for one like uh, I we, we understand like creative writing is your was your motivation something that anchored you and helped you get through this process but what was kind of the the rest of that uh, experience like as far as staying motivated like how in especially once your uh, dad was being processed for deportation for example was it hard to stay motivated in school knowing that like okay well I, I maybe soon I'm gonna have to go back to Mexico be repatriated or anything like that like what was that process like it was um, I can say that 
it did affect me in school a lot. It actually was on my mind every day mm -hmm. um, from when he was um, arrested moving forward. Um, for example, when I was in, I had this art class. It was um, art, 3D, and sculpture. Mm -hmm. And it was more like pottery. Mm -hmm. So we were, all, we were asked to create a sculpture. Mm -hmm. um, I created this sculpture with like, let's say a square base in, let's say two walls, mm -hmm. kind of like half a room, mm -hmm. but with that was opened up. And in the middle of that sculpture, I just created like a, a pile and we were supposed to use color to help us add meaning mm -hmm. to the art. And so I chose black and white, mm -hmm. very combining contradicting colors mm -hmm. at the same time. So the middle piece was white, mm -hmm. the surrounding was black. Mm -hmm. um, that represented sort of how I saw myself in that moment. I was hopeful, yet everything around me wasn't looking pretty bright. Mm -hmm. And the title for that piece of artwork was, I believe it was Depersonalization. Mm -hmm. Depersonalization is something I had read about a while ago where you sort of detach yourself from yourself mm -hmm. and your surroundings and you're kind of like floating in space up, up there you know mm -hmm. kind of like as if you were having an out-of-body experience mm -hmm. and that's how I felt throughout that whole situation I didn't feel like I was me mm -hmm. I felt like I was just watching someone else but I knew that they were my struggles mm -hmm. I knew it was my life I didn't want it to be though yeah because it, it's, it's hard yeah so um, I struggled with that in school, my grades started to lack immensely. Mm. I honestly did not want to go to school. Um, I dreaded waking up, mm -hmm. going to school, like simply getting dressed, going to the bus, only to have this situation on my mind. Yeah. Like, I would go to math, mm -hmm. we would talk about math, but somewhere along the lesson, I would think, you know, dang, my dad's mm -hmm. getting deported. What am I going to do? Yeah. How am I going to continue? And it was on my mind 24 mm -hmm. 7. What kept me motivated were my friends, mm. my best friends. They knew about the situation. They tried to help me find solutions, them and their families, mm -hmm. which I'm so very grateful for. Yeah. Um, they were a blessing at this, at this time um, of darkness. And they were my main source of motivation. Mm -hmm. um, I would love, I love just to you know maybe let's say I dreaded going to school but once I got there and I would see them wave at mm -hmm. me from the end of the cafeteria yeah I would say wow I have someone that's got my back mm -hmm. or I have someone that I can talk to yeah you know other than creative writing and being you know just writing about my feelings I have someone to share it with yeah for sure and that is what kept me motivated cool so we've talked a little bit about uh, the story leading up to um, repatriation in Mexico and kind of some of the anchors, some of the people who got you through that experience. So tell us a little bit, a little bit about um, what repatriation was like. Um, was it exciting? Was it scary? What, what was that? What was that like? And for those of you who don't know, repatriation is essentially the process of being repatriated or coming back to your country of origin. So the process was, it was 
both exciting and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, it did get really frustrating. Um, it was exciting because when I got to Mexico, there were so many great things about it um, that you know I wasn't able to do in the U.S. Um, that I was able to do here. And that felt great. I, I felt like an actual person living in an actual city, an mm-hmm. actual world, yeah, with rights and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, the very first thing that I tried to do once I got here was finish high school because I had left off in my what was it halfway through my junior year, mm-hmm. um, and that process was very frustrating for me because I had tried to sign up for a community school here um that didn't work out Mm -hmm. um i tried signing up for a private school like twice Mm -hmm. i got ripped off okay (laughs) and um i mean i did everything that the institute um for these type of situations advised they said you know get these documents Mm -hmm. and with these you're able to do um, your high school in a faster way, kind of like a, I don't know, I kind of see like a GED. Okay. Somewhat like it. Okay. But you're it. able to finish your high school with the documents from over there. And I was like, okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. But I had no guidance. Mm. So I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Yeah. I did go to many government buildings. They told me very different things. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find many sources on the internet to help me with going or getting back to school Mm -hmm. after you know being in the u.s for so long so that got me really frustrated and Mm -hmm. i tried for um a year and a half to to finish school here but i ended up just like taking a pause from it all Mm -hmm. and i said i'm just not gonna finish it for now yeah i'm going to look into that later Mm -hmm. right now i need to um start seeing what i really want to do And so that's where I started to actually socialize with people here. You know, the diversity here in Guadalajara is very, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. You meet many, many interesting people. You have wonderful sights to see. Yeah. And that made me forget, not completely, mm-hmm. but about some of that struggle of mm-hmm. coming here, being here, mm-hmm. and just trying to live here. And what would you say that that transition uh, of repatriation did as far as your identity? Did that have like an effect on um, how you identify, um, be that like of national origin or um, how you identify? Did that did that affect your identity in any way? Yes. Um, When I was living in the U.S., um, I didn't really feel like at home, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say. As I wasn't able to work, I wasn't able to drive. Um, and so once I got here, I was able to work. Mm-hmm. I, I'm able to drive. Yeah. I'm, I'm able to do what I wasn't able to do in um, the US. So mm-hmm. that completely changed my, my mindset on what I can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I figured, you know, if it's possible, you know, if you're able to become someone mm-hmm. in the U.S., you can become someone here. It doesn't yeah. matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like I had 
more support here. Yeah. Way more support. So something I love about your story and so many other people's stories that I've had the pleasure of getting to hear is that I can't look at your story and I can't look at your situation now and see a sad story. Um, I see a very incredible story. I see a, a difficult story, but that's led to something incredible within you. And so, and I know we've talked about uh, coping mechanisms, we talk about creative writing uh, and, and friendships and people who helped you along the way, but um, could you tell us a little bit about like the things that make where you are today and who you are today exciting and something to um, love, basically? So, I believe that we are an accumulation of all our hopes and fears. Mm -hmm. So, I, I would say that there is always beauty and change. Mm -hmm. And I got to become that, or I got to, let's say, become a part of that beauty and the change that I had to go through. I am completely different than who I was when this all started. So from that point forward, I took every struggle that I had um, and everything that I was and I flipped it around. Mm -hmm. I knew that change was gonna have to come and I would have to make something extraordinary out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so with that along, my mindset had changed and I was able to get a grip on life mm -hmm. by myself. And out of every situation that I had gone through before, I was emotionally ready for any um, situation similar to it in the future. I, I had the experience mm -hmm. now, yeah. which I don't think is anything similar might happen, mm -hmm. but... Um, something maybe as emotionally impactful might mm -hmm. I know that I can handle it because yeah. I handled this certain situation mm -hmm. when it happened Yeah. so I am now very hopeful mm -hmm. and I'm very lucky another thing I want to ask you is to people who um, may be going through a wide array of, of challenging situations um, uh, people who uh, maybe going through uh, difficulties as far as uh, being a sexual minority, gender minority, you name it. There's hundreds of issues uh, or, or really hard situations, potentially inhumane situations that people could be going through um, at the hands of whether it be governments or their parents or different people, things like that. And for those people who don't feel like they have like an anchor yet, would you have any recommendations or any kind of words of encouragement for how uh, they could perhaps find something that helps anchor them through those type situations? I would say to be open about your feelings when you're feeling them. Mm -hmm. I would definitely um, not try to suppress them and go about it by yourself because you will always need an anchor, um, whether it be, let's say, a hobby you know it could be religion mm -hmm. it could be any type of physical activity open up there 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 will be so many people out there that will help you through it that have no problem whatsoever with helping you through it 
there is a shitty part of humanity but there's also a very beautiful part that will always have your back mm-hmm. but you have to be open to it and you you have to share what you're going through and what you're feeling mm-hmm. so that you're able to be helped The power question today is, how has creativity impacted your process of self-discovery? And so we can both answer that. I guess I'll go first here. Um, I would say that creativity has impacted my process of self-discovery. Something that I found a lot of anchorage in, like we were talking about anchoring, uh, is is music and is uh, more specifically like kind of spiritual type music, uh, religious type music. And so there was one song I remember when I was um, in middle school. There was a song by Brandon Heath, which I'm not sure how many of you guys have heard of this artist, but there's a song by Brandon Heath. Basically, this song had like a 15 second portion to it where it was just instrumental um, and just had um, this really beautiful, very creative um, tune to it. And for some reason, that 15 second portion of that song did so much for me in that like season of my life because that was just a really shitty season of my life basically um and that portion of that song I remember just repeating it and repeating it repeating it and because it wasn't a song on its own I would have to use the rewind and the fast forward on the cd player I had I don't know if you guys remember those um but that song just did so much for me and so much for like me in a in a season of my life where I was really hurting and I think sometimes just being able to utilize art, utilize other people's creativities or your own creativity to find kind of refuge and be able to express your feelings like you're talking about with creative writing was something that just got me on to the next day. It didn't give me a magic pill. It didn't fix anything for me. It just got me on to the next day. And so I would say creativity has impacted my process of self-discovery just because it gave me somewhere to feel what I needed to feel. Um, whether it was something I was created or enjoying something that somebody else created. So that's how I would answer it. So how would you answer that question, Mr. Uh, Brian? It has helped me flow, be more um, accepting of the present. Um, It has helped me be more accepting of my emotions and the world within and without myself. So internal and external. Um, It has given me the courage to keep going to really embark on these journeys of you know where am I going who am I going to be what will I become so that's it for today's episode I'd really like to thank Brian for being a part today for opening up a little bit of his heart and his story and to close um, Brian's going to read one of his poems for us so enjoy this closing and if you'd like to follow brian on instagram at br.m-i-l-l-a-n now here is brian reading his poem in the moment which is a poem he wrote after coming out of the closet with his father and his father not responding well Echoes surrounded the walls. My hopes and dreams have been wounded. Eyes are drowning, legs are running. Electricity pouring onto the concrete within each step. There goes the feeling of home at home. A circular world has suddenly gone flat. 
acceptance caged. Life with Technicolor has gone to life with no color. The trees talked and said it was going to take time. Mind, heart, body, and soul all detached. Off in the distance, the moon stares at me as I burn alive. I am burning in a blurred world between death and rebirth. The truth is out. Freedom is partially free. The moonlight coats the wound, assuring my burning soul that I am still loved the same. Thank you for listening and see you on the next episode.